Welcome to Movieology, your ticket to digging deeper into the meaning of movies. With their monthly reviews and analysis, hosts Eric and Michael and Joe sift through new releases, hits of the year, and favorites of all time to uncover the Christian worldview implications of the silver screen. I am Joe. And uh, to my right is Michael Linkoff, and to my left is Eric Rauch. Are you going to pan that so that they can tell? Yes. Cut to a close-up of Michael's eyes. Scary. Hello. And there is Eric. So, we are before you tonight, for this podcast, to talk about a movie that we have all have seen this time. Elysium. Riveting. <laughs> yeah. We'll play the crickets here. I, I, Bird. Yeah, Michael and I have talked about this a, a, a little bit. Um, oh, okay. And on the phone, we both. I saw it last night. It's really fresh in my mind. I, I saw it with my wife, and she really liked it. Really, and in one sense, I really liked it too. Huh. Um but in another sense. I didn't. <laughs> and I am with you there. How about you, Michael? First impressions? I didn't like it. At all on any particular wavelength? I, I, I did like to some extent the way it was shot. Special effects wise, it was yeah. nice. It was very good. I, I like Neil Blomkamp's gritty feel. That, that is the director and the screenwriter. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I like his feel. And District 9, I thought, yeah, was, re- it really showcased his skills. Um, this movie did to some extent again, but there was were, that his, was that his first film district nine? Yeah. Yeah. It's I think so. basically, he has a few other films that he's producing now, sure. but yeah, on IMDb, he has practically nothing to his name. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then there were, there were scenes in this, uh, movie though, as far as the action was concerned that I thought were kind of stupid. Like the fight between Matt Damon and the uh, bounty hunter uh, on yeah. the bridge. Oh, uh, well, that was yeah. stupid. It was the whole like you know. You fit. are not my father. Yeah. It, but the whole the whole Kruger character. I just just get away. He's done. Go. go away. Nobody's that committed to the cause. Right. You know, just just go away. It wasn't even a cause. Like in the, at the end of the day, it was Wait just a, a personal vendetta. You know, y'all got the impression that Kruger was trying to fight for the cause. No, I did not get in that well, impression. I, I got thought he was trying he to was take over. He, yeah, he was. But but at the, at the at the same time, nobody is. I just I I just don't. I never bought his character. No, any step of the of the way. When, when, when he had like, when, commitment when to seventy percent of your head blown off. Like yeah. I think that's the end for you. I think that should just be allowed to be the end. <laughs> oh, but yeah, but they but they used the Wonder Machine to reconstruct it. Oh yeah, but the Wonder Machine that couldn't save Matt Damon. He's gonna have a headache. What was that? Anyway, well, that's sort of a there's all uh, sorts of what is that in this film? <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts of well, that's pretty convenient. <laughs> there's uh, good the, for you. The um, Joe showed us the the review that was written on on Movie Bite. Yeah, just a snippet by Corey. Um, and he, at least in the snippet that we read, he he focused more on the on the social aspect of um, you know socialized medicine and and government run healthcare and those kind of things, and, and says how it doesn't work. But nothing in this film works. If if you try and take anything as a this is that example and try to follow it all the way through, it invariably in, inverts itself by the end of the movie. Hmm. Like like none of the examples work. Even the existence of the world in the first place 
there was a lot of me going, okay, all right, I'm trying to suspend my disbelief, but just give me some kind of a plausible way that or, this or, happens. Or a reason to. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... <clears throat> Y'all are expressing a lot of my dislikes, too, so we're largely the overpopulation on the same page. Should, issue. Should, do you have a summary Maybe you yeah. should read a, a summary of, of what the – for people who haven't seen the film. Oh, sure. I will give you a summary. We're going to destroy it for you anyway. Oh, yeah. But, um, but Joe can give oh, you a little summary about, the about what the – It's going to be like a rotten egg. About what the, what the storyline of like Elysium a, is. It's going to be a mm. forgotten Easter Cold. egg in Christmas. Joe. Go. A rotten. Yeah. Spoiled. Okay, here it is. Uh, in the year 2021 uh, – sorry, 2154, two classes of people exist. The very wealthy – who live in a pristine man-made space station called Elysium, and the rest of us, who live in an overpopulated, ruined planet Earth. Speak for yourself, dude. I'm on Elysium. Oh, okay. All right. At least in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) The people of Earth are desperate to escape the planet's crime and poverty, and they critically need the -the state-of-the-art medical care available on Elysium. But some on Elysium will stop at nothing to enforce anti-immigration laws and preserve their citizens luxurious lifestyle the only man with a chance of bringing equality to these worlds earth and elysium is max who's played by matt damon an ordinary guy in desperate need to get to elysium with his life hanging in the balance he reluctantly takes on a dangerous mission one that pits him against elysium's secretary rhodes played by uh, jody foster and her hard-lined forces. But if he succeeds, he could, not, he, he could save not only his life, but millions of people on Earth as well. Well, yeah, billions. It would, it would have to be yeah, the, the, this. Trillions. Yeah, we, this should, we should update a planet that's dripping with people. Trillions. Yeah, we should update the Wikipedia description to say billions. Of Tr- billions. Probably trillions by, that, by 2154. Oh, right, because it's overpopulated, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's yeah. It's, and it's what's even more strange is that they're all trying to escape the crime and poverty that apparently they're not part of. Yeah. yeah it's like, oh, well, the crime and poverty has got to come from somewhere. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yes. but it's not me. Well, they, Surely. they left it there on Earth when they went and built Elysium. Right. They left it all there. Right. Here, we're going to have – you guys keep this. Yeah. We're going to take we're our – We're going to go. We're going to take our money and zero resources and fly out. 18 miles out into space and build this little circle that you can always see that you, you always have this glimpse of yeah. <laughs> and remind you that we're out there. It's like the one space station in existence in 2154. There are no other NASA programs or anything. There's yeah. no other uh, luxurious satellites. There's just the one. What about like planetary and it always expo- hovers exploration and this space station Elysium always hovers right over Los Angeles. Okay. Right. Well, this is part of the problem with science fiction though, in general, and we should probably just get this out of the way in the first place. And that is that, there, there is some science fiction that is meant to be prophecy to some extent, technological scientific prophecy. I find it and to be the inverse of fantasy. It's well, like – No, because it, it's a social past, commentary about now. Yeah, so it's That's a parable. Why, yeah. It's just a parable. It's like you could go into any parable and say things like, well, that's ridiculous. Right. You know, how, could, how did that even happen? Well, that's not the point. It, it, it's We're going to take the situation and extrapolate it out, and, yeah. it's, and just show how bad it could possibly be to right. show you to show you we we still have a chance right now of fixing this. Right, mm-hmm. and that's what I don't know if you guys have ever read the uh, article on global warming or the speech on global warming that Michael Crichton made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he where he was talking about how uh, in the uh, early 1800s or whatever, people in New York, if you would ask them what's the biggest 
impending crisis for New York, uh, they might talk about the the horse poop. <laughs> You know, that was accumulating because as the population of New York increased. Overpopulation of poop? There was this, well, you know, because no you have horse-drawn carriages yeah. and where are you going to put all this poop from all the people who need transportation from all mm-hmm. the horses that are, you know, floating around. Right. Anyway, th- and what he, what Michael Crichton was saying is none of them could have predicted that things weren't just going to linearly progress from where they had been, but there was going to be this phase change. You're gonna have this change toward the the automobile. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they envision bigger shovels. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Bigger shovels, more horse poop, more yeah. horses, larger population. I mean, even there were people. People do this all the time. Linear extrapolation and uniformitarianism is one of the uh, hobgoblins of mm. uh, of little minds. <laughs> uh, if you want to talk about you know evolutionists and evolutionary science and all this other kind of stuff, they're they're all very uniformitarian and very linear in their thinking. It's actually ridiculous. It mm. gets extraordinarily ridiculous at a certain point because you're like well look if you look back in history obviously there are catastrophe after catastrophe that are fundamentally altering not just the course but also the nature of things you know i mean that and and yet for whatever reason you believe that you can take the the current hubble constant and extrapolate it back linearly and then you know divide for time and come up with the age of the universe like how stupid can you possibly be if you're talking about a big bang, even in your concept, it's an explosion. That's not a linear velocity. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, what's wrong with your minds? Like, why are yes. you thinking in these terms? But science fiction writers have the same problem, that oftentimes they're just extrapolating out and back from where they are right now in a totally linear fashion. And it's kind of like what they come up with, even if it's interesting in some ways, it's usually completely inaccurate. Because who could have expected? Right, and that and that's what we were talking about the other day, where um, Blomkamp, mm-hmm. where 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 you said he he because he's from South Africa, and and he can he can look back and 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 realize that South Africa was better off under a, apartheid, in, but yet in a his, material sense, right? But yet yet his 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 assumptions, and this is where, uh, and and you see it in in District Nine, and you see it in this movie, um, they're they they really are parables about the evils of apartheid mm-hmm. and can you explain in, that a little bit more than well, what is apartheid? well michael can because he because okay. he was he was one that 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 brought it up but 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 the point there is that your assumptions it, you know the facts the facts be damned because my assumptions are correct right it, it doesn't matter well yeah okay maybe we were physically better you know in a in in a uh this is that situation and and everybody kind of knew their place and everybody was happy and and but no apartheid's bad apartheid's wrong we know that and we're going to fight that no matter what right mm. it it doesn't it doesn't matter what the facts say or what the consequences or, are or what the consequences are this is this is what i believe and and we're going to do it and and what what better place to tell that story than than in a place where you can where you control all the variables exactly there is, there is, yeah, there is, there, there is no, there's no human nature to compensate for. You, right. you make it what it is. Expanding on the apartheid idea, we were mentioning, we were talking about the fact that District Nine, the, uh, the concentration camp, you know, the the quarantine is of the of the prawns of the outcasts, yeah, those aliens, yeah, right. But in in uh, that, that, that look just like L.A. in in uh yeah in in, in Elysium in Elysium. Yeah. in Elysium it's an inverted apartheid. 
there's still this apartheid going on, but instead the it's quarantine. It's the whole world rather than. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because the yeah. quarantine is really Elysium. Right. right. Like, so, it, you know, they're within the, the, the lush concentration camp oh. and, you know, the rest of the world is outside of Elysium and, and they're and, the slum. And, and who was in the concentration camp? Who was in, who was, who was the majority of the population in LA when you saw it? What language were they speaking? Oh. Espanol. Yeah. Yeah. It's very racist. It is. Apparently, Blancamp got the idea for the movie when he went to, like, Juarez. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. And there's there's an article. I forgot to send that to you. Yeah, you did. I think it was in The Atlantic. There was an article where, basically, the writer... It may not have been that, but it was something like that. The, the writer said that the liberal idiots missed the point again. <laughs> Blancamp... Blancamp was not really creating a liberal fantasy, but was in fact anti quote unquote liberal or whatever, mm. and was actually, you know, talking about the problem of illegal immigration or the, the, the dangers of illegal immigration. Because this is what happens when all the rich people leave, they go up and they, they build their, their Elysium, their perfect paradise here. This is yours now. You take this place, right? And and what do they do? They turn it into a slum, right? So I mean, what does oh, that wow. what does that say about about uh, Mexicans crossing the border into yeah, L.A. Yeah. by in en mass? If if all the people, if all the executives and everything left L.A. according to Blomkamp, it would look exactly like it does in the movie. Well, oh, and what's wow. interesting is that's what happened in South Africa, right? That's what happened when apartheid broke. You know, the the poor and the criminal element. And we're being no longer uh, mm-hmm. separated from the power structures. They took over. Mm-hmm. And, but all of the people who had money, who had intellectual capital, they left. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, fine, take it. Take it. And, and find out that what was worthwhile about keeping here had nothing to do with you. Right. And uh, mm. I mean, I, and this is, but this is the problem. The danger is when the, the argument becomes a racial argument. Because it doesn't really have anything to do with, uh, with race, really. Right. right. It's it's become a racial thing because apartheid was structured on race. So if, yeah, of course that means that. That's well, how we and, and because the, the arguments about illegal immigration. Right. Because it, it's about people who who don't who don't reside here coming here illegally. Illegally. So, that, so, so it does become a racial issue. It does become a racial issue. But this is the thing, you know. <clears throat> um, that doesn't mean necessarily. That, I mean, there are plenty of people who come here legally of who are not racially, quote unquote, white, right? even though they're called white by the media when they shoot black people. Um, and, 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 who, and that's what they <laughs> that's what they call them when 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 some broke through the barrier and they landed on Elysium. Right. They called them illegals. Right. Which is really which is really fast. I, I, I mean, I, I guess you. You could you could probably take that too far, but that that's definitely intentional. Right? No, they're, no, no, for sure. It's yeah, definitely they're, they're illegal. Definitely intentional. But and this not citizens, yeah, right. Well, the well, well, they weren't. They weren't citizens of Elysium, but but to call them illegals or right. or, or, or rather than invaders or, right, right, or anything right, 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 else. Right, right. It, it was no, just, it was definitely intentional. Yeah. But then but then you ask, well, why is Neil Blancamp setting it up like this? If his personal views are that illegal immigration is a danger to the system that's in the United States and that is not a good thing and that basically all of the, the poor and the slummy people below the border are destroying America, et cetera, et cetera, then why does he have the movie play out the way it plays out? Because at the end of the movie, everybody but becomes you, a citizen. Yeah, and, but, you know, but you notice where they're still located. 
they're still located on Earth. So everybody's a citizen, but they're still on Earth. They're not welcome on, up on Elysium. Well, I would imagine they would them. be welcome on Elysium if they wanted to. But see, to. That, that's another one of those the, those breaks in the plot where uh, we're – Obviously, not all of them would be able to fit no, on Elysium. no. That's no. the whole problem. I mean, it's well, right. Inevitably, it seems like Elysium will be destroyed by the rabble now that they can get on ships. But that's and go up that's there. where like the, the, whole the whole value of Elysium ends up being it, destroyed. It does, destroyed because, yeah. because Welcome to Earth, aka used used to be known as Elysium, because now now the gateways are open. Anybody can come up here because everybody's a citizen, which is exactly what happened on Earth. Right. So so, so nothing nothing. So that was gained. What grows is not the wealth. You just diluted everything. Exactly. What grows is the slum. The slum right. grows. It decay grows. Destruction grows. Poverty well, grows. Crime grows. Well, and another problem for the liberal point of view to be extolled by this, you know, film was that ultimately all this liberal, um, well, the centralized power. This is like the UN getting what it wants. There is a centralized power. There is a one world government and it's awful. Yeah. Well, that's that. Uh, that's the irony of the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Elysium is essentially free market capitalists setting up their well, own their own system. It's supposedly that. Well, that's that's where they exactly. set it up as. Right. But then, but then halfway through the movie, it they, doesn't they, function they make that them way. Out, well, they make them out to be Big Brother. You know, they're they actually control everything. Right. And they're they're really they're really just the 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 the, the big wigs that we knew they always were. But the way the movie begins, it makes it sound like the entrepreneurial people that had the money left, and they formed their their own, and and they were they were just happy up and yeah, up. And here's your socialized medicine, liberals. It's it's here in America, right? It's here right now. Where where, where they're kicking kids that are that are uh, in 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 the in the fourth stage of leukemia out of the hospital because they can't do anything else for them, right? Well, no, and this is there's so many there are so many problems. Yeah, with the structure of the movie. I mean, because I mean, but the biggest problem, okay, is the end. Yeah, where everything has a biblical resolution. Hmm. Would you call it a biblical resolution? Yeah, it most certainly does. Please okay. explore that. Fine. Really? Okay. I, I, I'm not saying that I'm not with you, but I want to hear what you're saying. Oh, I'm not with you. I haven't. I have. Well, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a very surface level biblical resolution. You, you have the one. You have Max DaCosta. Sacrifice. But what is Max DaCosta, the ultimate price, the maximum cost, Max DaCosta, who's, who's willing to pay the ultimate price for the earth. Remember when that, when that and, and, and Blomkamp put this in there twice. He, he, he brought it back to your memory when that, when that, that sister, that nun, gave him that, that picture of the earth, that right. this is what the earth looks like to them. It's beautiful. And then she handed it to him and she says, you take this. This is yours now. Never forget where she you came gave, from. She was giving him the earth. She was giving Max DaCosta the ultimate price to right. pay for for the earth. That's fascinating. And he did. He gave up his life. Well, and that for charge was also coming from a religious figure. A religious figure, right? But then, what does remember? Spider comes up there, and he and he he does all that that programming stuff, and everybody becomes a citizen, right? So when those when those droids come in to apprehend him, what do they say? We can't apprehend a citizen of Elysium. It's the Apostle Paul. And then immediately after that, th- those missionary ships are going back down to the earth. So, I mean, it's, it's got this, this like phony biblical resolution at the end. To perform miracles, by the way. Huh? The, those uh, med- medical you know, sh- vessels going right. back to earth. Right, yeah. With to the, perform with miracles. The little, yeah, healings. Um, 
So I, I mean, it's 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 all. What was the? Oh well, like in in uh in in Ayn Rand's book Anthem, which is a, a funny that you should bring a totally Ayn Rand. frustrating <laughs> piece of piece of crap book, but it's 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 an interesting little story because it it, it takes place in, in in some sort of future, and this guy finds this 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 ladder down and he finds this place, and he's in some sort of. It's some sort of other world, some sort of um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Dystopian. It's it's a it's a very controlling, very uh, very um, top down, oppressive place where nobody has any freedoms. This guy finds this place, and, and there's and there's books that he starts reading mm. down here, and he, he 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 finds a light, and he 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 just he he's he slowly pieces together what actually happened, mm. and the end of the book ends up with him. A girl that he that he is attracted to in the middle of a garden. It's Adam and Eve back in the garden. Ayn Rand is a complete atheist. She doesn't she doesn't believe a, one lick of this, but she has no other no other place to really start anything but with a man and a woman in a garden. You know, great idea. That's what that's what God did. You know, God did the same thing. So good for you, Ayn Rand. You're as, you're able to tell a story just like God. <laughs> you know, but, but but he wrote it first, so you don't count. Um, but that's that's what that's what Blomkamp kind of does here. It's it, it's like I've got all this chaos and everything, and, and wait a minute, I'll I'll just resort to the maximum cost, the ultimate price. I'll have somebody who's willing to lay down his life for the many. Fascinating. Uh, thanks, but you know we know that story, and it actually happened because Jesus really did it, but not not to save people who had their leg amputated or that that were in the fourth stage of leukemia. He paid the price for the for the real problem of sin, right. which is what's going on with all these people here on Earth and the, all the people up in up in Elysium. They may they may look fine health health wise, but they're still sinful, just like the people on Earth. So it's 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 this it's a social gospel kind of kind of ending, but it's but it pulls all these these biblical elements in that are just that you would you'd be willing to almost forgive them, but he but he he brings them back again. And well, he and he repeats them just to make sure you get it right. Do you get it? Do you really understand this? Well, and there's another interesting uh, 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 worldview issue in this story that Elysium. I looked it up on Wikipedia because I, I just don't know much about Greek mythology. It's the place of the gods. It is the place of the gods. Well, um, not exactly. Yeah, more specifically, it's the place for mortals and champions and semi demigods who have done well. It's like paradise for the non-gods. Right. In, on Wikipedia, it said that uh, Elysium is a conception of the afterlife that evolved over time and was maintained by certain Greek religious like and heaven. philosophical sects and cults. Initially separate, uh, separated from the realm of Hades, uh, admission was initially reserved for mortals related to the gods and other heroes. Later, it was expanded to include uh, their, those chosen by the gods, the righteous, and the heroic. Um, but what stood out to me was that they're basically saying that these are uh, that humanity has become gods for themselves. They they created Elysium. They they have uh, oh, denied. Yeah, yeah. They have denied the creation. They're the ones who have the power to send the healing back. Right. They've also denied the creation, though, which was Earth. Right. They have uh, given it up to its own, you know, wiles. And they they worship their own creation, the thing they made in space. Exactly. And and not just the people on Elysium, but the human race down here on Earth. So then, what happens is 
they they set this up as this is obviously like uh, a, a triumph of man becomes God, and then they destroy it. They destroyed their own man-made God object and system, and they overthrow it. And, and then what do you have? Uh, it's kind of bewildering to me. I'm still trying to decipher the, this other angle. I really appreciate what you were describing there, Eric. But uh, I'm trying to figure out where the the humanism comes and goes because it's like from one humanistic vantage point, they want to set themselves up as gods. And then in another respect, they want to say, well, it's not fair to only treat some people like gods if the entire human race is worthy. So therefore there's this fairness issue that everybody deserves to be in Elysium. Right. Well, so, but, but, and what's interesting about that is that as a human, a humanistic construct, right. That, Everybody deserves to go to he- die and go to heaven. Sure, everybody deserves to be a citizen. Right, w- w- and with the and with the push of a of an anarchy, whether they're criminals I've just made or not, everybody a citizen. So, in other words, nobody's a, nobody has any benefits anymore because everybody has them. It just it it doesn't. Everybody's equal, so there there is no well, there is the there is no difference. With, that's the problem with egalitarianism in general, though, because and I mean, we talked about this to some extent. And it's the problem with in Ayn Rand as well as in Elysium, and that is that there is a there is a concept of conflict that in between in producers a, and, and, and consumers. Right. Right. So in Ayn Rand, they are very clearly the producers versus the consumers. The producers are doing things f- right. for their own benefit and right. for their own well being. And, and then the other and then people are leeching, these parasiting, consumers just come along and suck along looting. the stuff. Yeah. Right. The looters, the leechers, the parasites. And so in Atlas Shrugged, interestingly enough, these producers create an Elysium-like uh, world where they leave. Mm-hmm. And and they, and they make a really fast train. Yeah, yeah. yeah that <laughs> yeah. has to travel so two miles cool. to carry five passengers. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> but, but nobody else can use it but the rich people. Exactly, yeah. right, yeah. So, you know, anyway, we'll get back to that. <laughs> then on the other end, you, you have Elysium where a similar construct – is there in the sense that there is a um, a zero sum game between those who are wealthy and those who are not? Mm-hmm. But it, in 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 Elysium terms, the wealthy are not really producers; they are just those who have wealth. Moochers. And there's this, huh? Moochers. No, well, no, they're, no, not no moochers, they're not moochers. But, but they are. They they're are the privileged. Okay. They're the privileged. So the the class conflict is there in both cases. Now, and that's a ma- Marxist concept. Atla, the only thing that Alice Shrug denies is the Marxist concept that wealth is not produced. Like the Marxist, the Marxist would say the reason why the um, the underclass deserves as much of the wealth as the overclass is because wealth is not really produced; it's just owned, it's had, meaning that the distribution of it is just because you didn't produce and that, that it's well. a limited resource there's yeah, only so much of exactly. it exactly there's only so much of it and so we should all have our fair share of this limited thing whereas Atlas in Atlas Shrugged Ayn Rand would say no wealth is able to be produced and increased right and we would agree with that right but what I don't agree with is and it's in both is that there's some kind of just uh, a terminal conflict that has to end in the destruction of one party and the success of the other <clears throat> I don't think that that is true. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that's the, my one of my major problems with both Atlas Shrugged and Elysium is that 
these worlds don't make any sense. Right. The the producer needs the consumer. I mean, you might as a if you're a visionary person and you are a hardworking person and you are tired of the fact that this the, the people out there and in, in, in the rest of the world just seem like you know pop culture popcorn consuming zombie walking iPhone users, right? You're going to look at a person like Steve Jobs and say, okay, this guy is a visionary. I relate to him. This is the kind of person that I want to be a producer, a thinker, a creator, an inventor, right? Well, you wouldn't know Steve Jobs' name if it weren't for all the zombie walking iPhone users at the mall. If only he made iPhones for two people. Exactly, right. If he were just creating iPhones for Elysium, the guy wouldn't be wealthy. Right. You know, that's that's, that's kind of what it boils down to is that – Right, that was one of the problems I saw was that their business model was unsustainable. It totally unsustainable. Well, I mean, think about it. They have no resources. Carlisle, Carlisle is is trying to get a military contract with Elysium. Well, yeah, who else are you going to have a military contract with? There's no military contract to be had on Earth. Now, are there other rich military contractors on Elysium? Yes. Otherwise, why would Carlisle be worried about whether or not he'd be able to sustain his contract? But if he gets that contract, that means that somebody else didn't, which means that those other people in Elysium who might have access to bidding for that contract are now completely destitute of wealth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what does that mean? Do they return to Earth in shame? Like, I, I don't I, – the, the whole – and, and not, what does that even mean? If they do return to Earth in shame, that means Carlisle no longer even has any incentive whatsoever to right. deliver on the contract. Right, but there's, I mean, but there's still people on Earth like Spider. You got you have these entrepreneurial guys exactly. who, who take advantage of the system. They, right. they, they take the pieces that they have. They take the resources that are actually right. on Earth. They're not – the only way – Elysium gets any resources by taking it from the earth. It makes no sense. The whole thing is totally (laughs) nonsensical because then you think about things like, okay, well, surely there's one person, a single human being on Elysium who realizes the kind of money he could make from sending a med bed down to earth and charging a reasonable price. No kidding. You charge a reasonable price on a single med bed. That thing's getting used all day long. And you're making bank. Bank. Now, if these people are really the ruthless capitalists that they're made out to be, because seriously, one of the problems with the movie is there's no charity in the citizens of Elysium. Not existent. They're totally lame people. Mm -hmm. Like, there's not a single character. Well, because they're complete caricatures. Yeah, they are. They're stylized characters. They're written so that you don't like them. Upton Sinclair would have given these characters more nuance. (laughs) Seriously. These these characters are unnuanced to, to to the nth degree. Anyway, but if they were that ruthless and that money hungry and grubbing, don't you think they that one single one of them at some point, clever as he would be, would have figured out to send a med bed down to Earth and made like because <laughs> the people on Earth are willing to spend their life substance right. to to shoot a shuttle, some rickety shuttle off to Elysium with the b- very slim chance that it's going to get through. Most of them are shot down by missiles. I mean, seriously, these people are desperate. Well, not to mention that the the cost effectiveness is through the roof because all you need to do to cure yeah. and make a cure-all for anybody's condition is lay them down on a, on a bed. bed with the bar that hovers over their body. Right. Zap in seconds, so, they're cured. So maybe so you plug it, it, it into your wall and, you, and you're using a good bit of power out of it. But seriously, like you're charging $50, $100, you're making 200 300% profit on exactly. that. Exactly. 
You've already got the initial investment because apparently fact, every citizen of Elysium has a med bed in their house. Right. And then, yeah. And they, they're never at their house, too. What's that? Like, oh, did you notice that? No. Like, every single time anybody right. walked into a house in Elysium, they could just walk over to the bed because, and there were no people because there. Because Elysium Honey, was there's underpopulated. There's somebody else trying to use our med bed, but they don't have the burn. They don't have the stamp. So they're not going to be able to use it anyway. So they'll, they'll be gone soon enough. Oh, yeah, my what Eric goodness. is talking about is their Until we write a string Elysium of DOS code to make everyone. <laughs> Citizens. <laughs> yeah. Um okay, well yeah, that brings up another problem. But Elysium, that, that that thing goes away. That 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 need for the burn for the license on their arm. For the for the thing on their arm. That goes away immediately when everybody becomes okay, okay fine. Everybody's a citizen of of Elysium now. You still need to have an ID burned in for that machine to work. But no. <laughs> that functionality just went away. Well no, because Ooh. now he's a citizen on But they didn't it didn't even read it. It didn't even it didn't there was nothing to read. They didn't have one. They didn't, it, they didn't do burns on Earth. Maybe it read their DNA. I don't know. It's just, it's just trying, trying to well, to take okay, any, I have, any aspect of this have, and make it work is is beyond. You can't. No, no, no. no. I, I have a theory about that. We'll get to it in a second. But first of all, no, no, it no. seems don't, like Elysium. Don't, don't waste a good theory on a stupid idea. Like seriously, it was just a hole. No, no, no. That's my this point. Movie is Wait for so my theory. filled with holes. Yours, yes. It has a little bit of every. That's something for everyone. The whole family will enjoy. Okay, I'll go ahead and get it out there. My whole theory, family will enjoy, it, especially when that guy gets his head blown off. <laughs> well, and like three different people. Yeah, get but it, but, but they heal it. They oh, heal that's it, true. So that's it's true, okay. True. Wholesome yeah. family entertainment, <laughs> right? Uh, where was my train of thought? Okay, yeah, the theory is that this game was purely based off of Neil having a few late nights, partying at his house with some friends, playing video games, and they and he cooked up this crazy idea. And one thing led to another from one first-person shooter to the next. And it was just like a hodgepodge of Halo and a bunch of other war movies or something. And they came up with this big old mess that somehow made sense to a gamer. That's what it looks like to me. It is fairly derivative. I think one of the major driving forces, though, I, I think there are two major driving forces, which is the pressing concern of healthcare. And the pressing concern of immigration. Well, yeah, and I mean, those uh, two things are obviously the most important concepts. In right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, unmistakably, yeah, yeah. it's deliberately so. The uh, the actor who played the bad guy, Copley, uh, he he said for himself. Uh, he said, "Our movie is a political statement. It doesn't shy away from the controversial ideas. No, it doesn't shy away from the ideas. Yeah. But its solutions are bogus. There are none. There They're are totally no solutions. ridiculous. There's no seriously. They are." totally ridiculous as much as a video games solutions are yeah. that 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 does make sense i mean if, if you if you show me elysium the game where you're where you're where you're going and you're and, you're, and you're finding a way to convince spider to, to put you on the wise. ship and, and you then you fly up and you're like oh man one of the other guys got shot down i'm gonna take it i'm gonna fly in you, that, fighting that fighting robots makes, would make more sense than than this movie did yeah because at least you're operating something with your fingers. Beat for beat so what you're saying is that there's like a, a third game. political issue that has not been discussed that actually accounts for the existence of this movie, which is the legalization of marijuana. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because you get to the end, you're like, dude, dude. <laughs> never saw that coming. Wow. Wow, dude. <laughs> like, what does it mean? I don't know, man. I but it know. looks it's really, deep, really dude. cool. It's deep. You went deep there. When they flew into Elysium, you see all the trees. Oh, no. <laughs> there wasn't any trees on her. And there's no man. coincidence that the dude, bad that guy girl, looks like Jim Henson. She was like cured from, <laughs> she was like cured from leukemia, dude. Like cured from leukemia. 
Kenyan. Crazy. <laughs> little, little, little girl. Cute. And then she's cured, man. It's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, going back to the issue of, uh, you know, like biblical Christianity versus a humanistic one. Uh, one of my observations, I just wanted to know if y'all had but, any comments about but one of the things I wanted to say about, uh, about that is okay. that humanism borrows from the Bible all the time, just, just in order to, to, to right. further along their own humanism because right. it well, fills in the gaps. It borrows right. from the narrative metaphorical tropes, but it totally reinterprets them. Well, well I'm, I'm saying that, but it, but it's, but it, it doesn't cause it, it can't tell its own story. Well, there's only one story. Right. It has no origin, but it can't it because has no conclusion. because again we've already we've already established that the people on Elysium have absolutely zero compassion for the people on Earth, so they right. would never do that. So it has to be somebody from Earth coming up there, complicating the whole system, tricking the system into in, in, in that's the only way that that anybody's going to show any compassion to the people there on Earth, right? But Which that, is even in itself ridiculous and absurd because then. It, it makes it clear that the solution is entirely 100% institutional. But that's what liberalism does. I know, but Li- see, the, liberalism, what's so ridiculous is that the problem is institutional. Liberalism I, it, doesn't – what's a solution? The solution is always government. Okay, forget government for a minute. You give some of the money that you have to this cause to solve this. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. no just, just tax me more. You take it – no. G- give it Give it voluntarily. Just give it. If if you're so concerned about it, give it voluntarily. They won't. Right. They 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 need somebody to force them to, and that's exactly what 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 the socialized medicine there on Earth. It's it, it's this it's this and, and, and consistent system. with what you're describing is the character um, of Frey, who is this nurse or doctor, mm-hmm. is who who's the only charitable person right. in the entire film. Right. And, who, and she's who, she who happens to have an entire. Um, Entire operating room in in her apartment, <laughs> you know, But but yeah. she but but she tells she tells Max, no, I can't take you back to my house. There's nothing I can do for you. And then you get back there, there's a, an X ray machine. Like she has it all. Like what are you talking about? You got more than the hospital has. That was for her daughter. Okay. <laughs> it's crazy, pure craziness. She can't she can't afford it to really keep her daughter ridiculous. in the hospital, but she has every. Every medical device known to man in, in her apartment. She's obvi- obviously as poor as Max, but she can afford an X-ray yeah. machine. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a pretty good discount when you're a nurse. You can get, you can get an X-ray machine pretty cheap. Yeah. There's you also, get. you know, uh, Matt Damon really did prove that he was a good actor with this movie, though. Because, oh, I think so. It, I mean, seriously, it, but, but how he, was he, he had, able to portray a poor person? But, <laughs> but he had no competition. Jodie Foster was awful. awful. Kruger was awful. awful. I mean, like every other person in the movie, like just kill them I off. I couldn't even understand anything <laughs> that Kruger said. It was like every time he was talking, it was like, "What in the world are you saying?" Yeah, but it's but that's that's how bad guys talk. Apparently, always. Jodie Foster. She had everything issues. She was it was it was just a a, a really bad wooden, performance. Wooden, totally wooden performance. No, and, and maybe, maybe that was French intentional itself wasn't that bad like when she spoke french but when she was speaking english and apparently she was supposed to be french you said it it was like she sounded like a, a drunk cajun yeah it just it didn't <laughs> uh, oh my pause this movie was a mess man which president yeah obama oh oh in the film in the film president's film 
No, he seemed like kind of a throwaway character. That, Inter- that, interestingly, though, he was Spanish. Wasn't he, he wasn't Spanish. Well, was he was he? Indian, I think. Was he Indian? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. They were just trying to go for an international thing. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I don't think that there's anything there, but it just seemed like ridiculous how uninformed he was, yet he was the center of all the centralized power. Yeah, so and, I mean, he's a perfect example of just... You know, the bogus, yeah, <laughs> ill-informed, incompetent leadership. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. All right. So, so let's let's take that little piece of <laughs> of information and try it and, and make that walk on all fours. Again, we can't. But here's here's a president here on Earth in 2013 that that really does embody that. You know, who who is pretty much clueless and doesn't that doesn't have a way out of anything. He doesn't know how to solve any kind of problem without well, that without, is so often the case with magistrates in general, the way well, that they're puffed yeah, up. I know, but, but, but you could never get a liberal to admit that they will hold him up no matter how incompetent he is. Oh, at least he's nothing like George Bush. Yeah, he is. He's a lot like George Bush, right? Which we don't like him either. This is the thing, but, but, but they don't, they There's don't no institutional solution. I wish that people would at least see this from Elysium. If the problem is institutional, it's likely that the solution is not going to be institutional. Or, or, or put simply, if the problem is government, the solution is not government. Right. If the problem is more government, then the solution is probably not more more government. Yeah, if the answer is more government, how dumb was the question? Yeah, exactly. No, seriously, I'm so tired of this. And honestly – the, the, the conservatives and liberals or whatever, I hate those terms. I simply hate those terms. Right, Over, overly used. Um, but the, 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 the civil government is not the solution. Can we at least go with that? The thing is there are plenty of charitable people out there, and, there are, and it's also the fact. This is reality, okay? Reality is that if, if the people don't want it, they're not going to buy it. So if and if the people do want it, they will. So if you have visionaries and you do have visionaries out there, people who create things, who invent things, who make things that other people want, which is what which is what Spider was. Yeah, right. And they bought it. Right. They gave him money. He became powerful. He became influential because he was providing something. He was an that entrepreneur other in spite of, of every challenge that there could possibly. Nobody has a job. Nobody. Well, Spider was doing okay. Yeah, he was, and a lot of the other people were doing okay. And honestly. Even the way they tried to structure it, the, the the crime and poverty in the in the world and the earth, it would have been far different than that. The fact is that anywhere <laughs> in Elysium there would have been classes. In Elysium there would have been classes right. developing Inevitably. because you would have had military contractors who weren't getting those contracts because somebody else was getting them. Corruption or no corruption, you still right. have classes but there, developing. But there were classes. Remember when she gets the call and and, and she's the secretary. The Secretary of Defense, and right. she gets taken away from the party, and there, there is still a kind of a class system up there, even on Elysium. Yeah, and it would have developed on Earth too, right? Because you know what, people like Spider, they would have become more wealthy, right. they would have had more influence, more clout, and and people that were around him would also have more clout. But even all of that, it's all stupid. The, the entire yeah, right. movie structure just doesn't make any sense at all. First right. off, the overpopulation problem, dumb, yeah, stupid, right. not a problem. Second off. The whole idea that that the people would be better off on a space station than they would on the surface of the Earth. If anything, they'd send more people off to the space station. Right. Because, oh. 
it's it's a fact okay. That- on that note, <laughs> there is a technological contrivance involving data. No, sorry, this other point I have here. Um, it is in my opinion that there was no reason for why they should build Elysium off planet. Right. They could have built Elysium up Anywhere. in the North Pole. They could have reconstructed a wasteland into Elysium. Yeah, but it would because it was an cool. artificial habitat. But that way, you could look up in the sky and see it. So exactly, it looked, it looked cool. Right. It was just again. A, it was a video it was a game. symbol of envy. It was a. Symbol it was of, because that yeah. way Elysium could see the Earth and the Earth could see Elysium. That that was the point. The point was that they're they're there and they're really not all that far away. They're still up there. They're. They're they're the gods up there, right. and and these are the these are the serfs down here. They're it's, up in heaven above. Yeah. What's strange is the more you talk about Elysium, it's like it just falls apart <laughs> right. on it's every like, level. And seriously, it, it does. It, it's like cotton candy in your mouth. I mean, mm-hmm. it just dissolves into nothing. And that's that's why I liked it for on, on <laughs> <laughs> because of its cotton candy in your mouth. Just because I on, like on the candy. on the that was I don't, I don't see a whole lot of movies in the theater. Mm-hmm. That was a good movie to see in the theater. I yeah, agree. Based, sure. based on <laughs> on the special effects and 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 the noise and and all the stuff that, that the movie had to offer, it was noise. it was I liked the noise. Why well, well, watch? I watch movies in Hiram, and they are incredibly loud. So everything there, it, it it doesn't matter if a lady has a screaming baby next to me. I can't hear the baby. I can't it, even during the quiet scenes. Um, I was coughing throughout the entire movie because I have bad al- allergies, and I totally agree. And like, you're I could to not, I could not hear myself coughing because Elysium was so loud. Yeah. You were allergic to bad movies. <laughs> yeah, well, Joe starts coughing when he starts watching Elysium. Like, uh, oh. Right, <laughs> but it's but on on just on just a visual note, it it is it is fun to watch because because they. I mean, the special effects were 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 quite well. Well, well right done. on that note, it kind of reminds me of like. Uh, District Nine. Well, District Nine uh, heavily, of course. <laughs> that's a given. But the uh, another thing that's kind of unique about this director is because he is young and he's rather inexperienced. It seems to show that he is uh, yeah, because because any good director would have had the Emperor come up on the yeah come up on the bridge and and grab Kruger and throw him over right. That's that's how it should have been, right? Instead of those those two guys fighting, and and there's the emperor should have come up and thrown him over. The emperor, or or or, or Darth president. Vader comes up and throws the emperor off. That's how it should have happened. It's the, it's the same thing. It's they're they're standing on a bridge. You're the bad guy and the good guy. No, they're not. It's it that 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 scene. It's the Star Wars scene when 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 they're up on the bridge and they're fighting and spiders over there trying to hack into the into the elevator and. So who is okay? Yeah, no, seriously, the the whole thing was was rather derivative of you, as Kruger is Joe the emperor. Already said Kruger yeah. is emperor. Yeah, who's the Darth Vader? The emperor was fighting Luke Skywalker. Right? Yeah, but who's Princess Leia? That's the real question. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frey, obviously. Frey. Oh, okay, definitely. Come on, like you don't know anything. <laughs> I know, dude. I have problems. <laughs> but but if we take this movie to launch into like. Thelma and Louise, it, it wouldn't be that, that big of a stretch because <laughs> there's nothing about this movie that's consistent throughout and no strain if you try to say, oh, okay. Oh, what, like, who'd you say the guy said it? it, it it's about political issues? Yeah. It's the obviously villain. about political issues. It's the political solutions that have no no bearing on, on the problems whatsoever. Oh, yeah, because let's, let, let, let's just go and let's take this fantasy world and let's apply it to reality. You take... All the illegal immigrants and anybody else, apparently, in Mexico that and wants to, use to come the here. to political terminology, amnesty. 
Yeah. And you just boop, make them into citizens. Full All blown. the illegals are now citizens. Boom. Done. Okay. And then also, you also have to have to make it so, okay, Obamacare is even more robust than it was before. So it, it, it now offers full and absolute medical care. Yeah, because we've instantly become overpopulated. Oh, and not just that. Everybody can live a lot longer. They insinuated yeah. that lifespans were like in the hundreds. Well, no, and that that's the other thing is the whole overpopulation thing. It's like, okay, let me, let me ask you. <clears throat> if you're overpopulated, of what value is universal health care? Like, scrap universal <laughs> health care. Let's let people die. Yeah. Okay, let's let some people die because obviously if we have an overpopulation problem, universal health care is not going to help. Well, like, well, that brings up another, you know, Wait, they, they bizarre did, issue. They did say that? that, that remember the guy who wanted to get... Old? Right. Well, you remember so, so the what, guy who wanted the contract, the the military contract, the guy who had the special Carlisle. ability to create the reboot? Yeah, yeah. Carlisle. He uh, was told that he would get like a a contract or something for 200 years. What benefit would it be to him to get that contract for 200 years? I mean, I guess he might be able to be, I mean, if, if you could be oh, healed any, of anything. Any president of a company would, would want a contract for 200 years, whether he's going to see it or not. I guess. But then given the nature of how their but, machines work, yeah, it's, yeah, like yeah. it's, it's eternal like, youth. The f- it, it is. It is the youth. fountain of youth. Nobody ever dies because when, when you, when you contract something that, that, that might, Cause you to get sick and die. You just, right. you just, uh, and everybody has one in their house. Uh, so you just lay it okay. every morning. Okay. And the other way that if they insinuate it, you know, the other bad guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, call play. I can't remember. Yeah. Kruger. The uh, Kruger gets his face blown off. He's obviously supposedly dead. And you think that's it. But then he, he, he's restored. They bring back his yeah. face. And, and so he's like, nothing can stop you as long as you have a Medved, you know, device. Yeah. Uh, so this brings up, you know, one of the problems, other, other side notes. So, uh, you know, Michael here, you, you address this. Well, yeah. Bring uh, it to reality. Do it. Okay. So Max Mentor is a nun who fuels nothing but his humanistic beliefs when, he, when he's a child. They show that he is an orphan and that the nun takes him in and takes care of him, provides for him. Right. And she's also forgiving. She pardons him of his sins. Right. As a child. They show that there is... The major a, reason for pardoning for him of his sins would be because they weren't really his fault. It was circumstantial. Yeah. Very platonic. Right. Perspective. Okay, so this brings me back to the problem with a humanistic point. And like you were saying, mm-hmm. everything falls apart in this film. But let's just go back to like one of the premises early in the film. One of those earlier premises are that the gods are not just those that are citizens on Elysium. That the gods are the entire human race. They establish that anyone and everyone deserves to be special. Even this kid, Max, who, who, who hasn't proven himself, has, has exemplified no essentially unique self-worth. But he has a great purpose. He has a great purpose. And the nun just knows this. Right. And, and, and she says it, I mean, like, from a human standpoint, she says it with absolute faith, like with authority. Right. She doesn't convey this as a hope and a dream that Max is destined for great things. She says it with authority. 
and, and she doesn't say it with the authority of God backing her. No, no, no. Yeah, she says it with her her, her own self-assurance. So then, the gods are the entire human race, and only a small minority of elite are treated fairly. And this raises the problem that when the entire human race is be able to uh, access the resources of Elysium, Elysium disintegrates. It's gone. Yeah. It's unsustainable. Right. When everybody can go to Elysium and take advantage of it, its its resources are limited. Right. They proved that when Max yeah. goes up to Elysium well, and no. starts creating havoc, right, that right. it only took like two or three people to overthrow Elysium entirely. Right. No, and I mean, if it is the case that the resources on Elysium are, are limited and that Earth is already in itself overpopulated, how long would the resources on Elysium actually hold out if you open it up to all the population? And that of the is Earth? why I find it very bizarre that somehow the ending is supposed to be positive. That's why universal amnesty doesn't work, though. I mean, that's the major problem with it. Um, I mean, the. <laughs> oh, man. Think about the ending, though. It, it, it ends on have a falsified ever, positive note. Yet, ever, I'm thinking the very next thing to happen is. Elysium goes kablooey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've just destroyed all of the elite who well, are also productivity the... possible. Exactly, yeah, exactly. That that no. Honestly, the only people on Earth who were in a, in a better situation were the first people to get to those medical uh, supplies. After the after the first few people get to the medical supplies, you know, and they get healed once, they don't get exactly. healed for the rest of their lives. Right. No. Eventually, eventually that that that. It totally gets used up. Here's the thing. Have you ever driven on I-10? Yeah, no. Uh, so Interstate 10 is basically, it goes to California. Okay. At least Las Vegas or whatever. I've flown to California before. Okay, well, I've, I've driven cross-country a few times. Okay. Um, when you get, when you're driving on I-10 and you get to El Paso in Texas. Now, if you're going out from the you know from the east coast over to California or whatnot, you look to your right mm-hmm. and you see El Paso. All right, gleaming buildings, really clean skyscrapers. You yeah, know, yeah. everything that America stands for in a lot of ways. Right. You look to your left, civilization, and you see Juarez. It's a slum, <laughs> a bunch of like hovels and. Lean twos, dirty, 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 scummy, crime-ridden, terrible place that is like absolutely—it's barely livable. Mm. It's a terrible place, right? What's the difference between El Paso and Juarez? <laughs> okay, they, you tell me. Geographically speaking, there's no difference. Oh, absolutely, right. I mean, it's in the same basic plot of land. Mm. The major difference between those two things, the, those two places, are the systems. You have a, 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 I mean, what does it say in the scriptures where it says that, you know, there is much produce in the land and the fallow ground of the poor, but tyranny and oppression sweep it away. Okay. There's tyranny and oppression in, in, in uh, Mexico. There's right. corruption and, uh, you know, terrible top-down destruction of resources uh there's a lot of freedom and there's a lot of liberty in the united states and it has created a a much more productive 
uh, land that has a great deal of opportunities. That's why people want to be here. It's kind of crazy. You know, you have these, uh, you have a lot of people who talk about how, you know, return Southern California and New Mexico and Arizona to, you know, to Mexico, right? Because it was wrongfully given to them. It's like, well, you know what's going to happen after that happens? 10 years down the road, you're going to be crossing the border a little further north. Because the problem is not the circumstances, it's not the resources, it's not the geographical location. You drive on I-10, there's no difference between El Paso and Juarez geographically. Right. The resources are not different. The circumstances are not different. The physical location is not different. That's not the problem. That's not the issue. If you if you break down the wall between Elysium and the Earth, the, the problem has not been solved because the, the problem is not a matter of resources. The problem is a matter of beliefs. It's a matter of a system. It's a matter of the difference between freedom and liberty uh, in the in the American system, and uh, also the the Christian values that made us a great country to begin with. And then in Mexico, the corruption and and uh, destruction and tyranny that has made that country so destitute. Technically speaking, Central America has greater natural resources mm. than North America does. Greater. They have greater potential. South America, even more so. Africa, even more so. Africa is filled with natural resources. And all we hear about are their deserts. Exactly. Their deserts, their corruption, their AIDS, their, you know, their blah, 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 blah. It has nothing to do with race. It has to do with the system. Blood diamonds. Though, and, the, and it has to do with the faith. Ultimately, the United States is a country that was uh, started and founded in a particularly biblical perspective, and that makes a huge difference. Mm. It, it makes a, it gave people the arena where they could where they could pass or fail, right? Where where they could where they could become rich or become poor, right? This is here. Here's the box, right? Here's the stuff, right? Do what you will. It's the it's the parable to the. It's the, you know, I gave you 10 and, and you turned it into 10. I gave you mm-hmm. 10 and you turned it into five more. Yeah. And, and then, and then, well, I, I was, I was scared because you were a wicked, you were a wicked master. So I buried it. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything <laughs> with it. That, that has nothing to, the resources were the same. Right. You know, the, 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 the potential was the same to all three of those guys. It was the motivation. Right. And there was liberty. There has been liberty here to do what you will and to work hard and you will see the benefits of your work or at least to more, in the past at least it was more like sure, that right it's becoming less and less like that for whatever reason because I, of government intrusion exactly exactly government intrusion is what 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 caused it government intru- intrusion is what caused it is what has caused it in Mexico well not even necessarily government intrusion as far as the civil government but church and government intrusion the, the the there has been an institutional intrusion on the personal liberties of people in Mexico for you know long standing uh, intrusions that have really sapped the vitality of of those people seriously to the extent that even illegally crossing the border into the United States makes a huge material difference to them. The, the the solution, though, is not to give all of them, quote-unquote, citizenship, just, like, right off the bat. The solution, actually, in many ways, is to make it so it doesn't matter. Right. 
right? If 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 you make it so citizenship does not get you anything for free, I don't even care. Fine. If 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 there's no social security, uh, welfare, blah 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 blah, guess who's gonna care about citizenship? Nobody. If you if you remove the universal health care, social security, welfare, all this kind of like you know freebies from the civil government to citizens from the equation, the amnesty problem goes away. Well, and and you notice how many children are, are on Elysium, right? I think there was one that we like, saw. Like yeah, um, but then you look Christ on Earth, daughter. <laughs> and you, no, on, on Elysium, yeah. You, you, but you but saw here, one? I didn't. I didn't yeah, Jodie Foster is like on Elysium. Yeah, she she handed she had some present. It's 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 in my office or something. She, she had like, some present for a girl. Oh, right. It was it was it was, yeah. was glad handing politicians stuff. Right. But but it was, it was like the one the one child on the whole on the whole on the whole thing but then but then you see on earth it's overpopulated not only with people but with children as well right there's children all over the place so and and if you're gonna if you're gonna think biblically that's where the real value is Mm -hmm. the because there's a future there people exactly there is no future on elysium all those same stale people just just wake (laughs) up every morning and run their little machine well that that raises uh maybe that's actually consistent with the construction of how it works because early on in the story max is a child and they showed that Elysium already exists and it's fully functional. Right. Yet, uh, it seems like late in the film, when he's an adult, Elysium is underpopulated. It's like they didn't have enough children to sustain their population. I think yeah. that was largely unintentional. <laughs> unintentional. But it's definitely but what would have happened. Sure. Because, right. and, and that's what's happening on Earth. Yeah. The industrialized countries have negative population growth and they're all suffering from it. It was boggling about the whole construct of the film of Elysium is that they sit there and talk about the <laughs> there was only dangers one? of – There was oh. only one construct? <laughs> I thought there was about like seven. Okay. Yeah. Well, but yeah, but when they talk about the they're dangers all, They're all of, equally illogical. Yeah, it's stupid, right? <laughs> the dangers of overpopulation. I'm so tired of hearing it. Seriously, people need to go out and they need to watch documentaries like Demographic Winter and they actually need to pay attention – to any science at all, or take a cross-country flight growth. across the United States, right? And all you gotta do is down. get an airplane just and look, look down. Just look down. There's a whole lot of nothing out there, right. Where people aren't, right? Lots and lots of spaces yeah. where people aren't. Right. And if you have you ever have you looked at the map of if everybody in the entire world were in the United States and, and each had like you know a hundred or two hundred or three hundred square feet or something like that. Uh, how 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 much space they'd actually take up? It's mm. less than the geography of the United States, it's right? Like Texas. I heard you know. No, I I forget oh, what the research you, study you, was. You, no, you said everybody in the United States. You mean everybody on Earth? Everybody on Earth. Oh, okay, right. Well, I I forget what the source of the research study was because I learned it when I was in school when yeah. I was in middle school. But there was a research study that proved that if everybody were standing s- s- shoulder to shoulder. With all two-year-olds sitting on their shoulders, that everybody in the world, the entire population, could stand with inside of Washington, D.C. Hmm. <laughs> Obviously, it's not a comfortable way to live, but it no. means that the overpopulation problem well, has it, been great, greatly exaggerated. With a two-year-old on your shoulder all the time? Right. Yeah, I mean, what if, <laughs> what if there's seven? I mean, do, does, do two or three people share that? 
Also, uh, let's not think about it too deeply. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, it's, the, the point is, the, the bottom line is that the overpopulation problem is greatly exaggerated. Right. It was completely ex- and, well, and, and, and it's all it it's all an ideology. It's backwards. Well, now what you're trying to do is you're trying to relate it to our, our times and the problem that we supposedly face now. Well, that's what the movie but was trying to do. Think about the movie's ex, you know excuse for its overpopulation growth. It's set in 2154, and that's one of my major dislikes. But it doesn't try to explain that it, because if 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 we continue on. On our population growth exactly. now, there is no overpopulation. Exactly, not there isn't enough time. Exactly, no. in 2154, there's not been enough time Especially for the in world LA. to have overpopulation growth. Well, maybe in LA. <laughs> well, and, and, and maybe that's why there were only there no only Hispanics in LA because 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 none of the white people there are having children. They can't afford to. You can't afford to live in California with children. You can't afford to live in California and do anything. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I, I, I afforded <laughs> to live in California for a period of time. It didn't work out very well. But you weren't on Elysium. No, I was You wasn't. weren't invited to Elysium. I was not invited to Elysium. So we know. Well, what's funny out. is right now a lot of people would say that California is Elysium on Earth. Some people would say that. Well, no, and that's the other and, thing and about this film and, that it, they can have it. Me. They can solve themselves <laughs> off and they can, they can have Matt it. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt <laughs> Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear recently about how he's sending his kids to private school? Why shouldn't he? Well, he's privileged. Why shouldn't he? I, I well, know, what else he, he do? has been he has been his mom's apparently a public school teacher or something and and he has been barking for years about how we need to support the public school system and Are give you more serious? money blah, blah, blah. and he's sending his kids to private school because he says that the public school system in his area at least is not very good. <laughs> In like, his well, area. So what? Yeah. So why don't you like give Fix some it. of your millions yeah. to the public school system? Make it if you care. Yeah, I know. But then but all, I need people, is, all I need is more pencils. Right. And then it'll be perfectly fine. <laughs> it's so stupid, man. It, it's so stupid. And then the, the audacity of the man a computer, to play the part. It would be so much better off the with a computer. To play the part of a poor man who doesn't want to be a criminal. Oh, I don't want to be a right. criminal. But I just can't help it because I'm so poor and the system forces me into crime and then heartless corporations put me in a situation where my life is threatened but he was he was made god had a purpose for him remember that's what the sister told him you have a purpose in life mr max DaCosta, mr ultimate price you have a, a price to pay and you're gonna pay it one day oh by the way here's a picture of earth this is yours <laughs> save it you're going to save it. That's exactly what was being said at well, the end. Well, obviously not everyone is in that same situation. <laughs> anyway, and that's the other stupid only, thing you, about it. You only need one. Well, I know, except for unless you're egalitarian. It's like, well, why couldn't everyone be masked Max DaCosta? Well, that's true. We could have a a, a huge a mass, mass suicide. suicide. That would solve the problem, <laughs> That would too. at least be an overpopulation <laughs> solution. Yeah. Now we're underpopulated. Now what do we do? Sweet. Well then, uh, you know, we have been going for about an hour. I'm I'm curious to know. Like, we have described so many dislikes, a few likes, and a lot of the intricacies about the story from beginning to end. Philosophically, uh, I am all in favor of all of our discussion. I think that this has been totally legit and warranted for Elysium. <laughs> and that's that's what I'm getting to, Michael. Is that there's a part of me that wants to say, 
it's taking an hour to say so much that is warranted for this film. Now, uh, is there anything else that we would add to our comments? I mean, is there is there a bottom no. line to this for you, Michael? Bottom line? Yeah, this movie is dumb. Apart from it sucks. Okay. This movie is really stupid. So it's it, dumb it, and it, it sucks. It, it's... It, it 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 has definitely afforded conversation. Um, I am definitely to it. For it's that. worth watching just for that. No, and honestly, I think I, I wrote an article. You can probably find it. We will add that to the show yeah, notes. Yeah, add it to the show notes or whatever. But I wrote an article comparing this movie to Atlas Shrugged, and basically saying that both story uh, structures had the same problem, which is ultimately that they believed that there was a in a terminal conflict or a fatal conflict between the producers and the consumers. Obviously Elysium views the producer as a possessor rather than a producer, but it boils down to the same thing. You have the haves and the have nots. Atlas shrugged has a different reason why people are haves. Was that, was, was that part two? Right. That you were, yeah. Yeah. I watched uh, it. It was terrible. Real, I didn't see part two. Oh, it was so bad. You know why? Yeah. Cause part, cause, cause, you, part cause one. you did yeah. see part one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Agreed. It was um, terrible, but you know, but in the end, the same problem is persistent in that they believe there to be this conflict between the haves and the have-nots, which I think is uh, a Marxist concept, and I don't think it's true. If you look at reality, it's not true. Right. The 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 Elysium structure in Atlas Shrugged doesn't work. Ultimately, if you have you know Dagny Taggart and Reardon and Galt and all the rest of them going off into a, a society of 15 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 people, why do you need a steel foundry with 50 people? Or, why do you need really railroads? Why yeah. do you need a really fast train? Why do you need anything? Seriously, the whole reason for your existence has to do with people who can't come up with what you have come but up with. But the whole reason for them leaving is to punish those evil leeches. It's seriously. They don't take us. They take us for granted. Right. And how they long is that like going to last? Yeah. How long is that going to last? Watch what happens when we go away. Yeah. Watch what happens when you go away. Agreed. Please do. Yeah, exactly. 10, 15 years down the <laughs> take road. Take fast train and get out, get out of here. So I guess right. this has turned into a uh, review of Elysium and Atlas Shrugs Part 1 and 2. Well, no, it's just... It's just the ultimately I'm tired of this conflict. I'm tired of conservatives thinking of it in terms of conflict. I'm tired of liberals thinking of it in terms of conflict. The the problem is the conflict itself. Every single person in the world has a purpose. Every single purpose not person, just Max DeCosta. No, not just no, Max DeCosta. All of them Every, do. All of them, all of them oh, okay. have a purpose. They all have a reason for existing. Some of that reason for existing. A reason may, to work. Right. A reason to work. It may not be glamorous, glorious, you know, whatever. It may be to sweep floors. It might be to sweep floors. It might be to pump gas. It might be to take tickets at a movie theater. I don't care. But you find what it is that God's calling you to do and you do it. Exemplary. And, and you do it as well as you can. And you, when you do that, mm-hmm. you are valuable contributor. You are a valuable contributor. And I'm not, that person shouldn't look at the visionary and be envious or covetous because he's doing what God's called him to do. And if he weren't there, there would be a piece missing. Mm. And I think that if people were to recognize what it is that God's calling them to do and do it 
contentedly, then we would all be better off. Right. There would be people to buy Steve Jobs' iPhone, and there would be a Steve Jobs to make it. And there wouldn't be a stupid civil government interfering, trying to make everybody get along when nobody is fighting. Or making everybody have an iPhone. Everybody should have one of these wonderful right. devices. Or no, nobody can have one. Right. Nobody can have one. Because if, if, if everyone can't, then nobody should. It's so ridiculous. I'm so tired of it. It just makes me... I mean, when I think about it, I just it, it just makes me upset. Why are we even in this situation? Why are we even having this discussion? It's stupid. Well, there's two you know? wavelengths to this. One on the one hand, we're talking about a film that's very political, and another and another aspect of this film that we're discussing is its worldview, which is the foundation for its ridiculous Politics. political standpoint. Um. I guess. I don't know what its worldview is. Yeah, it's hard to determine. It's even hard to determine what its politics is. We assume that liberal Hollywood made this film, but then when we look at the evidence, it seems like it's very confused. Pandering to both sides, and then then no side. Right. uh, Ultimately, trying to target the audience, which is a bunch of 20-some-year-old guys who are going through college that want to play lots of video games and expect (laughs) the same sort of entertainment that they get from their video (laughs) And legalized marijuana. Yeah, oh yeah. 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 Well, those go hand in hand. Right. Video games, uh, video games, and marijuana. marijuana. Yeah. So I I totally agree with you, Michael, on everything you just said. I can't think on the same wavelength, though. I totally agree with everything that you just said. I can't articulate it. And for those in the audience that maybe don't uh, come at it from the same angle, but do appreciate it, that's excellent. A little bit more about its uh, face value. I want to share my bottom line, and then Eric, I want you to wrap it up, wrap us up with your you know bottom line. Wrap it up, please, sir. Um, for me, I think that the movie made an effort to be relatable and relevant without forgetting its place. Just talking on a much more close to the surface standpoint, for its entertainment value sake, it, this film, from my point of view, was designed to entertain teenage guys through the age of you know college-aged guys who play video games and smoke weed yeah okay um as such it's unprincipled it, it touts a thin layer of liberal values and it, it's const- it's concentrated a dose of extremes and it's important to think of it in terms of values rather than ideas <sighs> yeah because it, it really is very emotionally oriented it's, no it's, kidding it, it, there are very little structured thoughts being <laughs> it's very postmodern. Yeah. And that was one of my other complaints with this film was that from beat to beat, it seems like the director was much more conscientious about how this film feels than what it was communicating. Yeah. Because going back to the problem you addressed earlier, Michael, one of my largest complaints was that m- many in many cases, I couldn't even understand what the, the dialogue was saying. Right. I couldn't understand what the characters were saying, and it was like it was superfluous to the we nature of the story. Out. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Have you? Exactly. I, I, I get a strong sense he doesn't like him because <laughs> he talks to him a lot in a bad, bad way. What's funny is he was the protagonist in uh, Neil's first film, District 9. Oh, that same actor was? Yeah. Him. Oh, that guy. Who? The Kruger guy? Kruger was the protagonist. Really? In District 9. Oh. Well, not well, so Kruger, you, but the same actor. Yeah. You know who Kruger yeah, yeah. actually was, right? right? Like, Kruger? Sholto, yeah. No, no, I'm saying 
Kruger in South African history. Really? Yeah. Mm. Kruger, the like most famous prime minister of South Africa. <laughs> you know okay. what I'm talking about? No. After whom the Krugerrand is named? Well, I kind of assumed that, but no, I don't know anything about it. Mm. Uh, so this was a, doncent- a concentrated dose of extremes, uh, like many war-related video games, where it's mostly it, it succeeds through its hype-driven, thrill-seeking action, which is mostly familiar to general audiences through most all action films these days. And thanks to its ability to lightly entertain me, I get—I would give it like on a, a wavelength of evaluation, I, I would give it like two and a half stars out of five, which is not really a thumbs up. It's just a meh because it's so convoluted. It entertains you, but there's no, there's no genuine substance to it. It's something to look at for two and a half. Or, yeah. Or and, an and, hour and that is how hours. you could describe it as something that you enjoyed while yeah. you were watching it. Yeah. As long as I didn't think, and I just, I just watched stuff blow up and like stuff fly around <laughs> and like, Oh, that's kind of cool. It's visually it's, it it's captivating as yeah. district nine was right. Right. Except for that. You didn't feel anything for the characters. Like you, I mean, did you didn't with even feel 9. anything for Max. In District 9, you really felt something yeah. for the main character. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. there was. I, I seriously, at the end of that movie, when, you know, at the glorious climax of District 9, you're like, yeah. Yeah, be, yeah because we all just. We all dislike cockroaches. Right. So I think there's, there, there's a. You know, there's a, there's a humanity. We, we can all bond together. It's like, yeah, it's us against the cockroaches, man. We're going to win. Well, yeah, but the prawns or whatever you want to call them. I mean, they're still bugs. It it had the same feel, though, in a lot of ways as Kafka's Metamorphosis, District 9 did, in that it was attempting to show you the humanity of those things that you have rejected. Yeah. I mean, it was attempting to show you the the likability or the or was attempting to elicit empathy for from you for those things that you have previously rejected on the face of it. So anyway, there was some. I'm just saying it was at least interesting. Yeah. In this movie, I didn't care. Yeah, like right. I honestly didn't really care if if Max like, like had if, died if, on the bridge. If, if I would have been like, all right, whatever. Up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if the if, earth blows if up, Spider and Elysium blows up, Dawes like, oh no, that's the wrong DOS code. <laughs> In 2154, we're still using DOS because it's the most stable Microsoft platform ever. <laughs> Windows 8 has crashed so many times that we've reverted to DOS. Yeah. Windows 45, we're still using DOS. <laughs> so, Michael, I mean, uh, Eric, how would you wrap it up? What is your, you know, my, my uh, thoughts? I was able to kind of give the movie a pass until, until we got to the end. And you know the last five minutes are so are so full of that biblical symbology that to me it felt like a a a, a typical Christian movie being being displayed in front of me that you don't get it oh here we'll repeat it again oh here we'll repeat it again it was overemphasized like they kept on saying the same things yeah and, after the climax and it's like we. We're, we're, we're not good storytellers. We don't really have much here. So what we're going to do is we're going to emphasize everything a lot at the end to make sure you really get it. Verbally. Yeah. Uh, spelling yeah. it out. This is show, not tell. The, or, I mean, the tell, nun not handing him, handing him the picture, the, the little locket of, of Earth. This is yours now. I mean, all, the, all this stuff adding together and, and you're like, oh, okay, it's, 
It's New Testament symbology. Well, That's was, great. But it's not a biblical story and what at was, all. What was troublesome about what you're describing was that by that time that they were repeating a bunch of the earlier you know, message and dialogue of the film was that the protagonist by that point was actually dead. So it was like review of things that were said earlier in the story by the nun. That's because they had to give him more significance. They, they had to give the, Max yes, more significance. They were giving because him, even halfway through the mission, he was doing it for for like explicitly very selfish reasons. Yeah. I got I got four. I, I, I got like half a day left here. I got to right. live. I got to live. I got to live. So I'm going to do this for myself. Yeah. No. And so even turning himself into the Kruger character. Max was doing it for selfish reasons. So all throughout the movie, you're like, I don't care about Max. He's a selfish jerk. He's just being selfish. He's just doing what's in his own best interest. Right. He doesn't care about anyone he's else established. at all. And then at the very, very, very end, he's like, okay, I guess. So. Right, because he is established as a criminal that's trying now to do things that are only in his best interest without harming society around him. And when that doesn't work, he joins in a, right. his original yeah, when, mission. But it's really when preserving. It's just when Spider says, exactly. oh, Max, there, there, there's a problem, I know, <laughs> but we have to do it. Right? <laughs> at yeah. that, but only at that point, because he concludes that he's going to die anyway. anyway. Right. And then... Yeah, you know, then 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 he tells the little girl that he understands what what the hippo's purpose was and and all this and which is oh we've totally glossed over one of my other pro- problems. With she this. was the best actress in the whole movie. The little, the girl. little girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah, I thought Matt Damon did an okay job. Oh, he really did. did. Yeah, he did. And like he I said, he didn't have, have any competition. Um, but <laughs> you know, Matt Matt Damon as a semi droid that, that that was that was kind of interesting <laughs> to see. Um, as a poor person, that was really what was <laughs> yeah. most, yeah. most unbelievable. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. I I would I would agree with you. I would guess I'd probably give it a two, maybe maybe a, maybe upgrade it to a two point five if 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 I was if I was pressed to um, DOS two point five. No, 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 no. On Windows no. eight two point five, not no, quite the, that the, good. The the original release of DOS. That's that's all. Ooh, that's what all. about Windows Vista two point five? Anything about DOS? Um, <laughs> Let's just say it's better than Vista. All I know is it ran the Death Star and it ran Elysium. What about so QBase? It, it must be. Good. Um, I I I don't I don't recommend anybody see it, but I do recommend maybe you see it to learn how not to tell a story. I I have I have, I have Yay! A, <laughs> there are plenty of movies for that. No, really, I have a, I have a bunch of elements here, and I want to incorporate all of them. So I do. Well, no, you can't. Because you end up with a muddled mess of a film with with a biblical resolution at the end that comes out of complete left field. It has nothing to do with anything. No. Can we talk about this for a second, sure. too, about Please Hollywood? Hollywood is flopping hard this summer. Of course summer. it is. Hard. Yeah. And it's not because the movies this summer are so much worse than the movies last summer. There's some kind of a phase change going on with people. I think people are tired. Tired of what Hollywood keeps pumping out. Oh, I think so. And they yeah. aren't stopping pumping it out, and people aren't buying it. I, I, I don't know what the exact statistics are, but I, I'm pretty sure that this summer has been one of the worst summers ever as far you as know, loss that, margins that, that are could, concerned. That could very well explain the, the, the ending of this movie, where it's almost like some producer came in and was like, you got nothing here, but put some put some Bible stuff at the end to get those Christians interested. Well, on that maybe, note... Maybe. Man of Steel, they tried the same thing with that one as well. They even had a package for trying to get Christian. Man, 
I'm so tired of Christians thinking we don't have influence. If we were to just refuse, and it seems like some of us are refusing to watch these stupid movies. and But we do have to pay money to see the movie so we can review it for you people. Except for I didn't. You didn't? Really? I spent money. How I just you? punched the guy out at the number no, and I paid oh. for it. <laughs> thanks, Curses! Thanks to your exosuit. <laughs> no, but I do think that for the rest of you people, you should wait till it comes out on DVD and then pirate it. <laughs> <laughs> or, or wait till it comes on Netflix and 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 watch it then. No, but it, then they get money from that too. Well, they're pirate. Gonna, pirate. They're already paying piracy. For it. Piracy. Um, I mean, don't pirate it. I mean, borrow it from a friend. Yeah, convince your friend to buy it. Tell him it's a great movie. Buy a friend, I mean a friend on Pirate <laughs> And then when you no longer have that friend, ask if you can borrow that as, as, as your last your last friendly gesture. I meant a friend on a peer-to-peer network. And tell him, while you're getting Elysium, <laughs> get a sucker punch. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. Don't, don't touch that. What is, what is wrong with you? Well, on the note of what's going on in Hollywood, um, the variety of people have been telling me for several years that the big problem with Hollywood is that they have obviously from an, an example like Elysium, it proves the example that they have um, phenomenal cinematographers. They have phenomenal special effects artists. They have all the technology they need. And they have terrible storytellers of artists and actors, but they have terrible what writers. Mm-hmm. They have terrible writers that don't know how to convey things what that do are we, universal what do we have, truths that what do we, we have can all appreciate anymore. The lighting, yeah. the, the, the special effects. Right. all the, And actually the storytelling too. The, yeah, they're trying to simulate that <laughs> They're simulating right. that bad right. storytelling but, as well. But, but the, the, the primary thing that makes a movie compelling, the story, is being glossed over by everybody. Yeah, not even just the story, but the writing, the dialogue, right. the way to execute that in words. And what's also... Quite ironic is it's it's the cheapest thing. Yeah. You know, as far as like what money you're you're putting into a movie, getting good writing is all, is the least expensive right. part no, of a no movie. No technology involved. No technology right. at all. But no like, locations. No actors paid. Nothing. And, and what they're saying is that the folks in Hollywood that that are responsible for the writing, they they're saying that just good writing is very scarce. Well, yeah, because they have won. It's like you've accomplished your thing. People are watching your movies. They've been watching them for generations and they've been watching them and watching television and watching computers and videos, blah, 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 for so long that now they don't even hardly know how to read. And that that is totally reiterated, too, by about the I swear there were 15 previews before this movie. Oh, I know. And, they were and terrible. And every preview was terrible. Every single pretty one much, it, pretty it much was, all of them, except for maybe the Ipmon. Did you see the Ipmon? <laughs> I do like Ipmon a good bit. <laughs> I'll have to look that one. Ipmon, up. the Grandmaster. I do anyway, not see whatever. That. Oh, Sorry, uh, I like. I, yeah, I kind of like I martial guess. art movies, but that doesn't require writing. That's what's so great about <laughs> martial arts movies. No, no, no but but but. I mean, I mean, literally, there had to be like fifteen previews. Oh no, it went on and, for thirty minutes, and none of those piqued my interest. Like, oh, okay. There's a, there's another espionage movie. Haven't 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 ever seen that. So many of them were stupid, uh, and, right. and and most of them, the entire story that was there was in the preview. Yeah. So I was like, I finished with the preview. I'm like, well, I guess I don't have to watch <laughs> that movie see that now because I know exactly what happens. What the movie? To last B. Night saw 15 movies. Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. It took 30 minutes. <laughs> you get a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Eric, bottom line. Thumbs up, thumbs uh, down. 
Bottom line, thumbs you know, down. Thumbs, two, yeah, thumbs two out down. Out of five. For but but for but for visual quality, if you want to see kind of cool stuff on the screen, <laughs> all right. Good point. It's, you know, it's, it was fun to watch, but if you try to make any of this work as a story or it as any kind of any kind of tie to politics or or uh, social issues or no it, philosophy it ideology everything Anything, it just falls yeah, apart it just falls apart um and in fact they admit that in the movie because because they really try to play both sides and it's just, badly it's it's just uh, don't waste your money good don't waste your money piracy and this uh, <laughs> <laughs> and while you're at it this episode of movieology is free so yeah so you don't have to spend you, any money. you don't even have to pirate our show no Although, if you want to, you probably could. <laughs> I don't know where it's available on piracy <laughs> yeah. sites. I'll okay. put one up. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Pirate <laughs> movieology episode. <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> That'll we'll, make people watch it. And we'll add a, show no- a link to, to that in the show notes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thank Come you guys in. for listening. If you're still with us, you're amazing. Um, and uh, thank you so much for enjoying this topic with us. Um, we'd like to talk about these movies, obviously very deeply so, and on many wavelengths. And I think that there's a huge interest in this type of material online and people are just not, you know, meeting the interest for all this kind of content. So that's what we're trying to do. So if you're interested in engrossing deep discussion about movieology, enjoy our shows. You'll notice that all the other past episodes are as relevant today as the day they were recorded because we're talking about worldviews and philosophy and intricate parts of culture. So if you want to look up reviews for The Life of Pi or, you know, what was that other one we did uh, with Argo? Argo and the Silver Lining story. What was Silver it called? Lining's playbook. Thank you. Um, all these stories are very relevant and culturally relevant and interesting to our day. So enjoy those. Guys, I felt like a total idiot for not bringing this up last episode. I mentioned where I'm available on the internet. That's like par for the course on podcasts. You normally mention where you can be found on the internet, but then I didn't bring up where you guys are on the internet because in large part, y'all aren't publicly available on the internet internet. I'm not a publicly traded commodity. You can email Eric at don't contact me at (laughs) gmail.com. And that probably Michael is an email. would uh, be, huh? What? And where would you be on the internet? Uh, well, promote like your it. website or something. All right, Please all right, all right. You can check out renewthearts.org. which is rather am, consistent with the mission of movieology, but more interested in the lines of music. Right now, yeah, we're pretty much interested in making art, Christian art, that is good, which and actually I, I really is, is really rare. Music. Well, thanks, man. It's actually really rare. Um, we don't think we've arrived yet, but if you want to check it out and you, you, you're interested in supporting that, that would be awesome. Very nice. And if you want to catch me um, on Twitter, my handle is Joseph Darnell. My personal website is jivingjackalope.net, and you can write me there. So uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time on Movieology. Thanks. Thanks, guys. I, I love you guys. Uh, 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 uh